0: Hello, friends, and welcome to your midweek dose of the Kings of Anglia podcast. Always goes down smooth with a lovely scotch, or if you're hutchy, a diet coke. My name is Mark Heath. I'm your host most of the time, and the whole damn gang once again are here to discuss what's been going on since we last spoke. Obviously, it's a it's a difficult, angry time in capital letters out there at the moment in the Ipswich Town universe. Uh, but we're going to talk about it all now. And I have to introduce my compadres first of all the enemies of the people, Stuart Watson and Andy Warren. Stewie, why haven't you um, driven to Paul Lambert's house and burnt it down yet?
1: Um, it's a very good question, one a- I'm sure I will face soon.
0: And Andy, why haven't you driven to London and, and firebombed Marcus Evans' businesses?
2: Just a lack of, um, a lack of equipment, really. Um, that's, all that, that's all that's holding back there. Uh, I, and I don't know where his business is. I'd get in all sorts of trouble doing that, set fire to the wrong, the wrong things. I did set fire to my own, my own, uh, my own grill last night, though. A um, bit, of, bit of fat got in there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that was last night. Anyway,
0: I digress. Sorry. You are both an absolute disgrace. Um, Bot your ideas up, please. Uh, someone who was also an absolute disgrace, but for different reasons. <laughs> Ross Halls. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Very good. How, 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 is your, how is your voluminous beard?
3: It's getting bigger by the day. I'm looking very much... I'm a hairy man anyway, but I'm getting very much hairier on top.
0: <laughs> by, the, by the end of lockdown, you're going to look like Tom Hanks in Castaway. Yeah, pretty much. Wilson!
3: Wilson! <laughs>
0: I'm looking James forward to Wilson. that. I'm looking forward to that. Also, I learned something new about Andy Warren last night, in that he is a keen cyclist. I knew he rode... But um, he sent us a little video message from his ride last night. He's got all the kit. He's got the helmet. He's got the uh, he's got the road bike. He's just boshed out. You know the odd 14, 15 miles just to keep the legs ticking over. Very impressive, Hutchie. And of course, very important for a, a cyclist to protect one's genitals. You've got the uh, you've got the padded shorts as well.
2: Yeah, it's turned me into an action man with a very smooth a smooth groin area. Have you, have you started
0: shaving your legs like cyclists do? No. No,
2: that's that's the next stage. I'm not I'm not like Crud, which is an important phase that I've held back from. And I'm not ready for that yet. But yeah, I I debuted my padded shorts last night. That does turn you into a bit of a a eunuch. Um, (laughs) But very,
0: very comfortable. Very comfortable. Um, I look forward to, to following your cycling journey. I think we should, we should share updates with the, with the KOA Army. And also, we must mention, before we move on to the serious stuff, Stu, you had a major breakthrough this week. Another uh, message you sent was what can only be described as a truly epic 3D jigsaw, um, which I'm, I don't have the patience at all for stuff like that. But just, just explain to the listeners just how much of an achievement this was, because it looked it was massive for a start. Game of Thrones – You've been working on it every night to zen yourself out, to, to zone out from the day-to-day rigors, and, and now it's complete.
1: Breakthrough or breakdown? I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's more uh, apt. Uh, yeah, it's a puzzle I bought for my wife last Christmas. Never opened it, so uh, got stuck into that. It's one of those puzzles that doesn't have a lot of um, – it's like a big map. Yeah. There's not, there's not a lot to go on, but um, while she's been watching – rubbish telly i'm not interested in I've, I've been i've been doing a lot of puzzling it's
0: incredibly impressive the only the only thing i see now is what you're going to do with it
1: uh, at the moment i've slid it underneath the sofa where it will probably just gather dust because i just can't can't face taking it apart at the moment though it will have to be dismantled at some stage
0: fair enough right then boys um hachi are you what you what you what
2: yeah, sorry. Um, one of those blokes that I was talking about the other day who was coming to do the patio has just turned up um, and is currently in our in our garden. Fortunately, my wife is here um, and was able to sort it. Should, ah, okay. should, should have remembered he was coming at 11 o'clock.
1: Can I just ask before we move on, Mark, you have you have workmen in your abode at the moment. Getting, I do. Uh, getting your various bathrooms done. Mm. Three toilets seems a bit unnecessary, but there you go. Um it's, just, it's also, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's boring, but it's yeah. my life. Uh, yeah. uh, has anyone mastered the art of, of talking to um and and sort of communicating with with said workman?
0: No, no, I'm am te- terrible at it. Um, I never feel less of a man than when I'm conversing with with someone doing work in the house, and I always overcompensate. So at the start of this, we had a, a bit of an issue, um, because I was asked what sort of boiler we had, and rather than admit that I don't know, um. I just blustered and went, "Yeah, mate, it's a combi," um, <laughs> which which then caused issues because the shower that we've selected doesn't work unless you have that boiler. Um, so it led to quite a lot of extra work for them and gnashing of teeth uh, and installing of pumps. Um, but I can't help it. I, I, you know, I just go into into raging stereotypical man mode whenever um, I'm around uh, workmen. Uh, so yeah, it turns out I've got no idea what what boiler I've got. I don't know. I don't even really know properly how to turn the water off in the house, to be honest. Um, I, I go can't... a bit
1: Alan Partridge when it's me. You know when he puts his when he puts his foot up on the workbench and goes a bit extra Cockney.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you see Did you see the match last night?
0: Yeah, I mean that is that is the one common denominator, isn't it? You've always got football to fall back on. Unfortunately, the guys that are doing the work here at the moment are big town fans. So before we start recording. I was having a chat with them about the, the state of play at town, um, which brings me on segue style into the state of play at town. Um, obviously we talked a lot on Monday about things um, that are happening that aren't ideal. Uh, but Hutchie, you, um, there was a story earlier in the week saying that Evans was, uh, was on the brink of sacking Lambert after fallout with players, all sorts of stuff, um, kind of widely speculative claims. Um you, got to actually doing some proper journalism around it uh, and we dropped a story yesterday saying that, that Evan still very much is backing Lambert. Um, can, you, can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Oh, did, didn't that go down well? Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what people wanted to read, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that there was a story that came out the other night and whenever whenever stories come out like this, there's always a, you know, there's great intrigue around them um, and then and then it turns on a question of like when? When are you guys going to do it? When are you guys going to do it? And uh, on on this occasion, we do occasionally pick up those stories and run them. Certainly in transfer rumor states, we run them. Kind of, this is a transfer rumor. It's been presented by this 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 website or this journalist. Um, here you go. But on on this occasion, we felt that it was that it was worth doing, for want of a better phrase, properly. Um, given what Stu and I had been hearing from from senior figures at have uh, switched town over the course of the last two months. Really about about Paul Lambert's decision uh, position, and and it kind of remains as that. Really, He's, Marcus Evans gave him a public backing at the start of December, and and since then, I think they've have, what they played four games, won two, and lost two of those, and and, and not an awful lot, not an awful lot has changed from there. He retains the backing of, of the owner. It's not what people wanted to hear, but but that is the state of, of play at Ipswich. Um, the article you mentioned there talked about a dressing room mutiny, which uh, a mutiny would essentially be Luke Chambers kind of locking Paul Lambert out of his office and assuming control of the club. Um, that hasn't happened, but we do know there's there's unrest there. It's not a particularly... It's not a harmonious camp at all times, but I think mutiny is maybe taking it a bit too far, uh, and that and that is that is the state of play at Ipswich, and and sadly it doesn't really match with with maybe what what fans think and what fans can see. But it was our our duty to to report what what we know to be the case.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what we have to do, of course, is report what is actually happening, whether whether fans um, want to read it or not. Uh, also on the, on the mutiny point, Hutchy, of course, it was technically a mutiny. Chambers should have been beheading Lambert uh, and, and taking control of the ship, which would be one hell of a story. Um, Stewie, in terms of Evans back in Lambert, he's placing a lot of stock in the the injury situation, isn't he?
1: Yes, that's what we're led to believe that um, he's convinced that the, this playing style, which I've said on here from from right back in the summer, that a lot of this has come has filtered down from the top. Marcus as more hands on than than ever before at the start of this season and um, so he, he's he been the one that's kind of driven this this playing style that's why he's stressed about the, the green shoots I don't know how much he's wanting to see that and convincing himself that the ideas he's kind of led Lambert down the route of this season is, is there to be seen but so there's that element and also the fact that he's convinced himself that, um, that the players coming back are, are going to make a difference and We've, we talked about this on the pod before. A lot of these players were fit last season and it went a certain way. Am I convinced that it's going to suddenly make a massive difference this time around? No, but it is still a valid point that um, some big, big players are coming back. So um, for now, I think Marcus Evans is uh, is keen to see how it will pan out over the next
0: few weeks. Mm. And just on that note, obviously, um, Tam put something out last night. It's Thursday morning we're doing this, so Wednesday night about... Players returning to training mentioned uh, obviously a few of the key players, but no mention of KVY, Hutchy. Is there is there no more issues there? Is is Kane ever going to play again? Obviously the, the, the nagging Achilles injury, which is a terrible term, um, which worries me a lot. Is there any update there?
2: Um, well the the update as of last Friday was that it was hoped that he would be back in training on on Monday. And and evidently, given that the club have have released this information voluntarily themselves, that hasn't happened. We've we've spoken about Vincent Young before nagging Achilles injury is a a real worry, but there have been other knocks along the way. It's a a, there's been a quad um, slash thigh problem in there that's that's limited him. And that's from what we're led to believe as much a concern at the moment as the Achilles. So it's worrying we've that we know he's not going to suddenly reappear and be the dynamic wing back that, that he was back in September and October of 2019 It is now, isn't it? I was going to say last year. It's not even that. Um, It's so, it's so long since he's played, but there are real, there are real injury worries there and it's not just the Achilles. So I wouldn't be, wouldn't be holding my breath about seeing him flying up and down the right, the right flank
0: anytime soon. Hmm. Before we move on to uh, the exciting, sexy stuff, transfer chat, um, we should also note, Stewie, that Paul Lambert was on uh, Radio 5 Live this morning talking about COVID. Um, obviously, he had it. it. It sounds like it was it was worse than we actually originally thought and also offering his thoughts on the season um, and whether we should carry on playing, which is cynic, would suggest maybe he, it would be in his interest for it to be suspended. But just quickly talk about about what Paul said.
1: Yeah, he was on uh, Five Live Breakfast this morning. Um, obviously, there's there's talk now about football banning goal celebrations and high fives and, and stuff like that. So he was asked about all of that and whether he feels that in light of the the, the rapid rise in, in COVID cases and obviously sort of death figures now being sort of in the thousands every day, whether there was a case for, for football to be stopped and... and he said, "Yeah, there's a strong case for it," um, and that went on to say, "Actually, he thinks it's morally wrong that, that footballers are being asked to carry on playing while while the rest of the country is in lockdown. You know, um, most of us are being asked not to travel more than a few miles from our door, and, and uh, football clubs and players will be crossing tiers and going all across the country. Obviously, it's which are going to Burton on Saturday. They've got some some lengthy midweek trips to the likes of Fleetwood and Atkinson and, and Hull coming up on the horizon. So." As I said in, in in a pod a few weeks back, it doesn't quite sit right with me that football seems to be above above everything. Um I do get that it's you know perhaps helps the morale of the nation, if not perhaps it's which town fans, but football in general being on is giving people a welcome distraction. But um this is a very, very, very serious situation at the moment and this this current strain of COVID, this current way it's going. Feels a hell of a lot closer to home for everybody at the moment. Um, Paul himself has been been very ill with it. He sort of outlined how bad it's been. He's uh, revealed that he had he's had sort of pneumonia alongside the the COVID symptoms as well. So uh, at fifty one years of age, to, to have been hit by COVID and and pneumonia and had all those symptoms, he's actually a sort of a very lucky man. I thought he looked. Um, pretty ill actually from the pictures we saw of him from Sky at the weekend sitting watching from the director's box and told he's lost a stone in weight um, so he's not been good with it and I think anyone who's who's had it as bad as he has um, understandably will be taking that viewpoint about stopping the season but you're right to go back to your first point you can't get away from the fact that the cynic will say that um, you know perhaps the season finishing when it did in March may well have saved his job last year and the way the mood is going and the way things are going at the moment, um, it, it could do the same this time around, potentially. So, um, But let, let's not underplay how serious all this COVID is uh, at the moment and how bad it's hit him.
0: Indeed. Uh, and just on a lighter note, you talk about um, potentially banning celebrations in football. What would you like to see banned in football, boys, as an aside? I'm just thinking what well, I'd like to see banned. And this has a COVID reason, actually. You know, when players um, jettison, they, they, they plug up one nostril and, and ejaculate mucus out of the other one. Um, I'd like to see that banned. A, because it's disgusting, and B, because I can't do it. I've tried. <laughs> um, I, is there some school they go to to get taught? Because whenever I try and do it, I just end up with with snot all over me. <laughs> um, it, what, what about you, boys? What would you like to see banned in football?
2: That's in the academy syllabus, that is learning how to do that. Yeah. Um, that actually is, that is uh, that has been raised in the, the COVID protocol stuff that's been sent round to the clubs in the last few days, spitting and, and nasal nasal ejaculation. Um, <laughs> gen- genuinely, genuinely, yeah. that's yeah. been that's been raised as being something that they shouldn't be shouldn't be doing. So you may well um, you may well get your wish it's at some ter- point it's a in term, the future.
0: The term nasal ejaculation. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not a big fan of, but it also accurately describes it. Hachi, what? Come on, you must have something you'd like to ban from football. You, you're you're a man uh, who wants to think about these things. Something I want to ban: um, Coloured boots would be another one.
2: I wouldn't ban coloured boots, but you would have to. You definitely have to be a certain centre back. Shouldn't be wearing white boots and coloured boots. If you're if you're any kind of centre back, you'd just be be real. Um, yeah. You should be wearing a black boot. Um, if you're if you're a creative midfielder and good at it, you can maybe get away with a little bit of colour. But I, rather than banning things, I'd maybe have some tighter restrictions on um, on what boots can and can't be wear, worn, as well as banning squad numbers that you can't read uh, on striped kits. Just have a solid back to your shirt, please. I need to see who you are
0: you've got uh, obviously you've got very strict and, and and sound views about um numbers generally haven't you and, and uh
2: yeah we haven't got time to go into that but there are <laughs> there are there are some significant issues in the squad number the squad number world that need to be addressed but that's a a podcast in itself i think
0: that's an extra time special maybe Roscoe, you've been you've been quiet for a while what would you ban from football the
3: the squad numbers thing really that would yeah. be uh, players you know Defenders having big numbers, people having ninety nine, and just yeah, just stupid squad numbers. For players that shouldn't be having that number, and I'm not a big fan of retiring numbers. I know the sentiment to particular ones, but you know, with the the Birmingham player, you know, retiring his shirt, he only made like six or seven appearances, and now we're retiring his shirt. It's just ridiculous. Yeah,
0: that was ridiculous. That's a very American thing though, isn't it? And Stewie, obviously you hate all American things. What, what would you like to see banned from football? Um, <clears throat> third
1: kits. Why, yeah. why are we bothering with third kits? It, some clubs barely even wear their away kit, sack them off. Um, backward counting clocks. This is very specific to journalists. I know perhaps some fans in the stadium are nervously biting their nails and want to know how many minutes are left. Counting down to zero. I just want to know what minute the game is in. So as soon as a goal goes in, I can say what minute it is. The one <laughs> that count backwards. No, no thank you. You've
0: got to do some quick mental arithmetic. Yeah, which i no no good yeah, at. Which we've established journalists don't do. Um, boys, sexy stuff time. Transfers, um, what we'd normally have started the show with, were it not such a strange time at town. Um, ins and outs, has been a, a couple this week. I'm going to start with you, Hutchie because you're our transfer whisperer. Um, We already know about Luke Thomas, uh, but there was another link to an attacker from Preston called Josh Harrop earlier this week. Tell us all about it.
2: You might be better off going to Stu, actually, on this one, because Stu Stu was aware aware of this one first. Um, But Josh Harrop, number 10, he's really a number 10. He can play on the wing. He's a number 10. Um, He's obviously at Preston. He's one they'd like. He's one they would have liked to have done last week um and on 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 a more general on a more general note there's a significant significant frustration there from I'm led to believe, from Lambert and his and his coaching staff that these deals aren't done um they Leo Neal spoke about g- going early and getting stuff done um early in this window that's been their aim in every transfer window to back to the dawn of time and here we are in the, the middle of January January and they've they've not managed to do anything so um on a general point, there's a real frustration there that they've not added to this squad yet because I think there was a hope that even January the 1st, January the 2nd kind of time that these these deals may have been done. Um, I'll let Stuart, Stu maybe talk about Harrop a little bit more, but it, it's also worth saying that Harrop and Thomas is what they want. This isn't this isn't a, a plan B or, or Thomas isn't the plan B. Harrop isn't the plan B. They want them both. And uh, yeah. I think if they got them both, they would be earmarked as earmarked as starting 11 players. So that's the level to which
1: they want to recruit these two.
0: Mm. Should we talk a bit more about Harrop? Yeah, I mean, in
1: terms of wanting to get deals done, perhaps a little bit naive to think that this type of player, a player that has been getting a little bit of game time higher up the league. And I can see why Ipswich want those, because they've said we're going to get away from... From players that are going to take several weeks to get up to speed, but those sort of players that are on the fringes of the team that they're at, you very rarely get them done in the first week of January because there's there's a chain, and normally the the, the club that's letting that said player out that has been on their bench and making the odd sub-appearance, will be wanting to get someone else in, and that's the scenario that they find themselves in, certainly in the the Barnsley case with Thomas. I think the Harrop one is slightly different. I think there's a bit of haggling going on over the contribution of of wages. Ipswich thought they'd got themselves a a bit of a a bargain on the wage front. There was talk of only contributing sort of a £1,000 of the wages. I think that's now a sticking point. Um, In terms of what Harrop can bring to the table, he's best known for... Scoring on his Manchester United senior debut, it was one of those end of season games where some of the kids get chucked in, started, scored and then promptly turned down a new contract um, to go and sign for Preston. Um, during his time at Preston, he's very much been a sort of um, a bit part player. He's come off the bench as many times as he he's started, um, had a whole season wiped out through a knee injury. Um had some really bright patches in the championship last season, started the season on fire, scored, scored quite a few goals, um, contributed a few more in January, ended the season with eight goals in the championship. So it's clear that he's got ability. Um, but, and I hate to say this, there are major question marks over injuries. Um, hamstring niggles have kind of been keeping him on the sidelines of late, which will be setting off major alarm bells for Ipswich town fans. But, um, Thomas, we've talked about, has got pace. Harrop, I think, would be more of a, a creative, tricky number ten. Good with both feet. Good with the ball in tight areas, and and crucially, he can take a set piece. He mm. scored a few free kicks, and that's something Ipswich have certainly been mm. lacking.
2: The mm. set piece thing is what excites me. It excites me as much as anything, really. They've lacked that since the early days of Luke Garbutt. Even even he tailed off, didn't he, last season? Garbutt on his set pieces, but him being able to add that. Would, would be a major plus. I think the one, the one knock and perhaps the reason why he's not playing at Preston um, is that Al- Alex Neal has spoken, has spoken at length on many occasions about him needing to be more consistent. And there are also question marks over what he brings to the team in terms of tracking back uh, work ethic and, and, putting a shift in. He wouldn't be a Mick McCarthy player, that's for sure. But but this Ipswich team needs people that can unpick the lock at the at at the other end of the pitch. That's where they're going wrong. Um, if they can carry a player that's able to offer that, I think you could maybe overlook a few of a few of those <clears throat> of those things. It would be one that would interest me, that's for sure. And I think it's the kind of the kind of player that Ipswich need and it needs to be playing behind James Norwood. That's that's also a key thing for me. If if you're gonna get a player in like this, it needs to be with with James Norwood as the man playing in front of him.
1: They, they do, Andy. I agree with you that, that obviously we've seen the expected goal stats and the lack of chances created, and that's why they're going all out for creativity. But on the flip side, I'd say you've got you've got Bishop and Edwards coming back, and there's also an argument that it's a bit of a lightweight team at the moment, and it's a team sort of perhaps lacking in a bit of physicality and fight and people that, so, Downs, that puts so much pressure on Downs to come back and be that man that can do the the graft and the breaking up and all of the ugly stuff that you have to do, especially in League One. It's all very well thinking you're going to play pretty football and and play your way out of this division. But, um, you know, there would be a huge, huge uh, weight on Flynn Down's shoulder to do to do the ugly stuff around all of these other more fancy players. I think. Yeah, I think it would need. To, I think Desel would need to step up in that regard as well.
2: He's he's shown it at times, hasn't he? He has shown at times in games this season that he can have a bit more intensity about him in that side of his game. It wasn't necessarily there at the weekend against against Swindon, but yeah, you're you're right. It would it would need it would need Downs to be on it as well. I think there are so many variables here that we're talking about the Ives which need to get going, isn't it? It's probably a pretty, a pretty good indictment of where, where they're at at the moment that, that to, to be the team that we think they can be, it needs Norwood to be fit. It needs someone pulling the strings at 10. It needs Downs in it. It's... It is. It, there's no quick fix to this, is there? There, there, there are real issues all over the pitch. I we, we've talked about backs at depth. They, they need to, they need to get back to what they were in in September and October time. I think there's an issue. I've never, I've never been completely sold, and I wasn't keen from the beginning on the, the partnership of the two young lads in the middle of the defence either. I think James Wilson, while certainly no world beater, um, he's not you know, he's not going to be like a, a standout defender. I think they'd really benefit from having him back in that side as well. I think, I just think for this Ipswich team to be the success that we want and, and think it can possibly be the personnel on the pitch is going to end up looking quite different to, to how it has over the last, the last few weeks for sure.
0: Mm. And in, uh, we, we're talking loan moves for both these, aren't we? They're not, they're not permanent, permanent deals. Fair yeah. Um, Freddie Sears, we talked about briefly on uh, Monday, I think it was, uh, any update there because obviously he was linked with a move to, to Colchester is that still um kind of it's, out there
2: it's still as it was I think interest from Colchester, but nothing nothing more than that. I think Ipswich would be naive to let him go before any of these other deals happened and before Gwion Edwards has proved that he's fit so <clears> even <throat> if even if it did appeal to Freddie which 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 I can see reasons why it wouldn't so yeah in interest there but no
1: no yeah. move. It's going to be interesting to see that sort of gap between what you can earn in League 1 and League 2 is going to be a lot smaller now and you might actually see some better quality players filter down to League 2 quicker than they mm. might have done otherwise, players that would have hung on and maybe not played as many games at the, the back end of their career but stayed at that level just to, to earn, maximise their earnings. Mm. Might now be attracted, you know, it might appeal to Freddie to, to go back to the place that he, he lives, the club that he's been at before, be a star player at at that level and probably still earn similar sort of money Mm. given the, uh, given the wage cap or certainly not miles off of it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: think length of contract is going to be, is going to be a really big factor. I think Uh, like teams that can offer longer contracts on those same money, I think that's, that will influence players moving quite, quite considerably now rather than if you can offer someone a three rather than a, one year with an option or something like that i think that that could you could genuinely could see players moving between up and down those leagues quite freely
0: any other sexy stuff to throw into the sexy stuff pot before we move on to the sexy 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 stuff which is the strike boys
1: um no i just sort of chuck in there that the the young man city lad that's gone to lincoln morgan rogers who is a sort of versatile Winger slash number ten um, for his first sort of taste of senior football. He's one that has gone early in the window, and he's one that we understand it's which were were pretty keen on as well. But maybe um, sat on the hands a little bit too long and have uh, missed out on him. So it will be interesting to see uh, how well he does for a, um, a high flying Lincoln side mm-hmm. going forwards.
2: You snooze, you lose. Janoi um, Danasian is is still a player where there's there's interest in him from from clubs in League One. Um, it wouldn't shock me if that moved on maybe in some way a little bit over the next week or so.
1: Big risk for me that, Andy. The more I think about it, Janoi um we talked about him being a, a no-frills but ultimately fairly reliable player to call upon when you need him. But everything we've just said about Kane Vincent Young and where he's at with his fitness... And then you've got Luke Chambers, a 35-year-old. Yes, he's proven to be robust. Yes, he's proven to churn out the games. But we're now going to be going into a, a, a crazy Saturday, Tuesday schedule all the way through to Easter. Um, where If Chambers isn't fit or if he's required at centre-half, who is next in line to play right back if there's no Genoa Well,
2: with the, yeah, I, I completely agree with you on that. It, for me, we are in the territory where, I'd, where if it was me... I'd be considering playing him and doing doing exactly that, and moving Chambers inside potentially with one of the younger players. And you, Danassian, can is is he the natural cover for left back as well? Which in my mind, maybe Kenlock is absolutely nowhere to be seen these days. It's you don't get the impression that there's a lot of faith in Miles Kenlock, and and Stephen Ward is that brings the same issues that Chambers has got at, at right back. I'm really confused by by Janoy because. There must Lambert must be seeing something or holding on to something from the distant past that that we're not seeing because...
1: Well, he arrived on day one and was adamant that he's a centre-back because he had him at Villa as an 18-year-old and he was a centre-back then. I mean, Genoa has gone on to have a, a reasonably lengthy career where he's played loads at left-back, um, mainly at right-back as well. Uh, he hasn't been a centre-back since he was a teenager, but I think Paul had that in his mind from day one.
2: That's such a lazy. If 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 that is if kind of teenage years at Villa Villa is is clouding that now that that does feel like a, a lazy a lazy approach to a player, doesn't it? That's, for for me, it, it baffles me because same with James Wilson. I'm not sitting here and saying that these guys are, are the future of Ipswich Town and taking them up to the the you know mid table championship team pushing for promotion and, and taking Ipswich through the leagues, but they are perfectly serviceable. Perfectly serviceable League one players that are a steady solid the, the knock on Genoy at right back is that he doesn't offer the same attacking threat as certainly not as kane Vincent Young, but that, that's, I think that's unfair on any right back to make that comparison from what we've seen because because Vincent Young's kind of a special case in terms of that attacking threat. Albeit back in 2019, but for me, I would be getting to the point where I'd be considering actually playing him in these games because called upon every few months, he doesn't let them. He doesn't let them down. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, other than that, we're going to be looking what Guion Edwards back at right back. I don't think we're ever going to see that again. Certainly, the way he's playing on the wing at the moment, and then you're going down into the. Into the kids then, Barry Barry Cotter, Dylan Crowe, these are players that are absolutely miles away from the first team at the moment. Either that or you're sticking Wolfenden or McGuinness out at right back, which mm-hmm. which isn't ideal either. So I'm a little bit surprised that they're so desperate to get Genoy out of the building. I know they've got to get senior players out to to bring senior players in, but could come back to bite them, that one.
0: Just just picking up on that, Stu, if, if you you wouldn't get rid of, of Genoy and obviously they do have to get rid of a, a senior player or at least... Um, get them off the off the out of the squad if you like. Who would you drop then? Who would you who would you drop out if not Jenoie?
1: I'd sadly be looking at some of probably someone like Emir Hughes at the moment. I, I'd be surprised if we see a lot more of him now. I think he's had enough chances to to kind of show that he can he can get back back to it. Um, was very poor last weekend, and now we've got Nolan coming back into it. Bisham. Bishop coming back into it, if they are going to add a Harrop in as well. Um, even McGavin, when fit, is is probably sort of uh, above Emir at this moment in time, arguably. So i would be looking to someone like him. Obviously, the Freddie Sears situation might develop and, and that might be another senior player out the building. If, if you've already got it pretty clear in your mind that players like that are moving on in the summer, um, I'd start sort of planning for that mm. now. Almost is there mm. an
2: argument that Cole Skews might be one that they consider? They, if if he was fit, I genuinely think he would. I know I know he splits opinion. If if Cole Skews was fit, I think he would have played significant games. Significant games by this point, and certainly with Down's absence, I think he would have been perfect alongside Andre. He's not he's not Mister Muscle in there. He's not the physical enforcer, but he is the the cleaner upper. Um I think he'd have been a really good partner for Andre. But given that we've not seen him and we're now in the middle of January and the signs are we're not going to see him for a few more weeks either, are you then is is that a consideration that you're you're carrying an injured player? Em, surely Emir Hughes would be a, a more of a benefit to to Skew than Skews, wouldn't he, given that he's actually able to stand on the football pitch?
1: Yeah. What what is that it sounds like an aeroplane is
0: sorry 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 everyone i think they're, they're just installing one of my three toilets
2: uh <laughs> <laughs> is that is that the gold one or the that's, that's,
0: that's the this is the platinum one mate yeah that's the uh that's the the special one um roscoe yeah. you've been quiet for a while ross um while we've been chatting where do you stand on all this what would you do with denastian do you, do you agree with the boy's there? and if you wouldn't drop him out who would you who would you get rid of
3: I've had a you know front row seat, listen to the boys. Um, yeah, i would keep Junoy. As I've said before.
0: <laughs> sorry, <laughs> about this, well. <laughs> so, sorry about this. Sorry
3: about this. But i uh, yeah, a big fan of Janoy, and as as the boys said, you know, in a way he's perfect cover for both right back and left back. So I think that'd be a silly decision to let him go. Definitely to another League One side. What if he does really well for that League One side? And then what if they above us?
1: Well, Accrington is a very real destination of choice for him and, and they're right up there at the moment, aren't they? So, yeah, yeah that certainly adds another layer to it.
0: And what, what about um, who you drop out then, Roscoe? Uh,
1: you know, obvious one
3: would be Freddie Sears because, you know, it looks like his destination could be Colchester, which, you know, as, as the boys already said, that is... You know, probably still lives there, former club... Um, and uh, yeah, I don't think he's been the same, Freddie. Really, like, he had a good start to the season, but I think he struggled um, once again playing on the wing. And then yeah, Hughes possibly, but then Hughes has been playing pretty much frequently in the, in in this season in the league. Scoose as well. I know Andy said you know if he was fit he would have been playing, but I just don't see Scoose playing anymore this season. Really, even if when he does come back from injury, it'll still be take a while to get back for full up and running. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, That's it's a good point five, about yeah. Scooz. How is he? Thirty-four now, Cole Scooz? Um, he's just come. He's, been, he's had half a half a year out after having some knee surgery. Like you say, if he was fully fit now, I think he'd have a big role to play. I think they're lacking a bit of his his voice and experience and calmness. And the goal that Twine scored at the weekend is is just get a bit closer to him. I don't know. Um, does he help out the fullbacks a little bit more? Does he give freedom to fullbacks to bomb on? Because he naturally slots in to, to cover those sort of positions. If he's fit, I think he's involved, but he's not fit. And we don't know how long. It, it's not like he's even just returned to training. He's still not even involved in training. So, yeah, the point that you guys make about you, mate, however well Emir Hughes is playing, at least he's he's fit and Colescoe's isn't. So that's a fair point
0: excellent that was a good chat boys um let's let's move on shall we there we'll draw a line underneath it and go to a little bit of light relief the man who's who has been i've noticed you've been you've been wiping your nose quite a lot ross you're right you've got a sniffle yeah i've got a little sniffles, got a little sn- a little sniffles. Um, yeah. strike time baby get to it
2: hello and welcome to another edition of the strike. Brought
3: to you by the greatest quiz show host on planet Earth. Producer Ross. Same format, Not going to change. Never going to change. Is I it? Is like it two. ever?
2: Is it ever going to change? Can we just? Can we lock that down now? Uh, never. Yeah.
3: Uh, possibly. If if I think of different categories and you know. If you can be bothered. Yeah, if I can be creative, I'm not very creative with that sort of stuff. I think I was very creative with the current category, so trying to top them, not so much. There's no no
0: beating it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Sorry, Ross, carry on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So,
3: blast from the past. Happy belated birthday to good old Tommy Miller. Good old Tommy. (laughs) Good old. Yes, one of my favourite players of all time. Um, How many goals did he score? In 214 games with a tag. What's a goal scoring midfielder? Couple of penalties in there?
0: Uh, I don't
3: know if I've done this question before. Probably have on the strike. But
0: is this just, it's just an open open guess. Um, yes. How many games did he play?
3: 214.
0: 214. Hutchie will know this almost certainly because I know he's a big fan of Tommy Miller as well. He's a close personal friend. Um, I'm going to say Tommy Miller scored uh thirty-six goals.
2: Do you want me to go next? Up to you. I can go if you want.
1: Go on then. Forty. I'm going to go forty-eight. Oh, the number I've got written down is fifty-one, so Ooh. I'll stick to that.
3: And Hutch has done it, bang on forty-eight.
1: Of
0: course he has.
2: I'm. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I genuinely knew that.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Sound flashback? It didn't hurt anyone's That sounded very loud, even from myself. Um, but yeah, happy belated birthday to Danny Sonner. Good old Danny. Good old, good old, Danny. old, good old,
2: Danny. Good old Danny. Good old Danny Sonner. Never,
3: never watched him play in the 90s. He's now a model and actor now. So Is he? Good old Danny. I don't know if he's been anything that we know of, but there we go. But yes, um... He joined town in the nineties, um, and he was playing in which country before joining town? Was it Spain, Germany, or Holland?
2: I'm going to guess Germany. I think I'll it. Think Germany. I'll say Holland just to be different.
1: I'll say Holland as well because that's my instinct. It's Germany. Oh. who was he Thank playing you. for? Who
2: did he play for?
3: Uh, I would try to pronounce it, but Victor please do. Cologne. are Victor. Cologne. Victor Cologne. Cologne. Victor Cologne. Cologne. Yeah. That, do you mean, that, do, you that's, mean that's, do you mean that
0: is, do you mean Cologne?
3: But they're, they're, they've got a different. It's, it's not. There's another Cologne.
2: Victor, is it Victoria Cologne?
3: Yeah, that one. That's the one.
0: Victor Cologne. <laughs>
3: it's
1: Ross. It's Cologne. <laughs>
3: Cologne, I know for future reference. Future. Forever. Future. All right. right. Adam Tanner, my boy. It's <laughs> <laughs> meet Sky. Um, yeah. yeah, today. Hey. The Good old coach. Adam.
0: Good Adam,
3: yeah. He's um, anniversary of his goal at Anfield, Tanfield, as we call it.
0: What a goal. Um,
3: uh, of course, the first win there. Um, what shirt number did he wear during that season?
0: 25.
1: So, uh, Just give it to Hutchie yeah. now. Give it to Mark as well.
3: There was, there was, I had options, but yeah, but I, it's, one,
0: it's one that I know, so I want to get in first. 25. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, it is 25.
0: Yes, all the points for me. Can
1: I be honest and say I wouldn't have known that?
0: Yeah, obviously, Hutchie would know it, so three one zero. Yeah, numbers
3: game. So, <laughs> going to numbers again. Uh, we spoke about Hughes earlier. Uh, he scored the late winner against Burton in the last game. How many career goals has he scored so far in only 137 games? He's only played 137 games, which is just madness. But yeah, how many goals in his career has he scored so far?
0: Twelve. Uh, Sick note. I'm going to say uh, eight. Ten.
3: Uh, I don't know how Hutch she's done it, but it is twelve.
0: Ah, uh, that was a that was a guess.
2: Mm. on fire today. 4-1. It's an absolute tonking.
3: Well, there is two more questions. Or there's a, one more question for numbers game and then a tiebreaker. We'll, we'll complete
1: it. Before Go we on, move on, on. Oh, yeah. sorry, oh. sorry, Ross. Emma Hughes, is, uh, Paul Lambert's spoken about the process of how they all knew that they were positive for COVID heading into Christmas. And he's talked on the, on the radio this morning about how one player had, essentially one player, had flu-like symptoms, which sparked them all to go and uh, get tested. And uh, our understanding is it was Emir Hughes who had that. And their fear was because he scored that late goal against Burton, and then was mobbed by the rest of them, that uh, he passed it on to them all. But despite the fact that Emir was the one that kind of had the worst symptoms and was laid up in bed, he actually tested negative. But they still found out there was a load of positives through the camp. So and just that, thought that- I would. Uh,
2: that came after the little chat that we had about him joking and coughing during the interview <laughs> that I did with him <laughs> while having COVID, which when didn't the club...
0: He actually joked that it wasn't COVID, didn't he? During yeah, the- that's, he the third,
2: that's the third time he, he'd done that this season. Yeah. And he wasn't yeah. lying either, so no, he wasn't, knew. Yeah, he, he's from a medical family, though, isn't he? He probably knew straight away. But that did yeah. spark a bit of a initial discussion between us about whether we would end up having to isolate and stuff like that, didn't it? But mm. Fortunately, he's
0: okay. So hey, I've, lost, I've lost track of where we are now. Hutchie's winning about sixteen-one, isn't he, or something? Ross, what's the?
3: Yeah, I've got. I've got one more question, just to wrap it all up. Yeah. Um, Lee Varney, he's back at Burton, by the way. He's um. Is he? he's Thirty-eight years old. He's played four games for them so far. That's probably why they're bottom of the league. Um, but how many goals did he score for Town in fifty-eight games?
1: Uh, he played fifty-eight times for Ipswich.
3: Yeah, madness.
0: Poof. That's crazy.
3: Three, three different spells.
0: I'm going to say
2: four. Six. I'll say five. <laughs> it's in the five. middle.
0: It's oh come right. <laughs>
2: Really? I was going to say I was jo- I was going to say four. Um, that was going to be my guess, but when you when you luck's in, you luck's in.
3: So yeah, there we go. We have got a tiebreaker, but it's pointless because there's no tiebreaker needed. So, Last goal wins.
2: I'll put it on the line if you want. I'll put, I'll put, my, I'll put
0: the Let's title on it. the line. We need something to keep the people next, going. Next goal wins.
3: Okay. How much does the Pirelli Stadium hold for Albion Stadium, the Pirelli Closest to the correct? Uh,
0: 10,000.
1: Eight
3: thousand
0: two hundred and thirty-nine. Seven thousand five hundred and twelve. It's six thousand nine hundred Oh, the so series won it. Oh, oh he's oh, he stole. <laughs> he stolen the title. Unbelievable scenes. Limbs, limbs. And that is why we love sport. Absolutely, that's why you play the games. Ugh, sick as a parrot, me.
1: Been absolutely so battered up. for ninety minutes.
0: <laughs> Call the police, there's been a robbery. And
3: your your prize is a a signed Luke Varney poster.
1: Is Uh, it?
0: Is it actually? (laughs) (laughs) Well done, Stu. Tremendous work. Um, Well well done, mate. Roscoe, do you want to to intro your mate?
3: Yes. Bazaar, he was mentioned earlier as a possible cover for right back, but he'll probably be released in the summer. So this will be pretty much his income for the rest of his, his life.
1: So, Barry, take away, my friend. Hi, guys. Barry Carter here. That was another edition of The Strike with producer Ross. Tune in next week for another edition of The Great Quiz Show.
0: There you go, then. A, a dramatic and, some would say, epic ending to The Strike. Stewie wins the first strike of 2021 with a, a golden goal. From the behalf. mugging.
2: It's a mugging. That's
0: absolute, that absolute scenes. A little game as well. You can all play at home going forward. Uh, we've noticed in recent times on the old uh, podcast chat that Ross essentially speaks in, in a number of uh, catchphrases. So um, yeah. we just want to run through a few of those now, boys. And you can you can tick them off during each pod to see how many he gets he gets through. Obviously, there is um, good old to refer to anyone. Um, it is what it is. Is a favourite. Um, my my friend my is friend. a particular favourite when he's hosting the uh, the game day extra time pod. Um, what else is there out there, boys? The praying hands emoji. If an emoji can be a catchphrase, <laughs> <Yeah. That's...
1: laughs>
2: Which I think I think Mark, you're you're a keen uh, you're a keen user of as
0: well. That's because that's because my martial arts background, mate. It's all about respect, you see. Um, is it? Is yeah, it? Ab- absolutely. Uh, come on, there's there's more. We wear those. Um, of um, I would say standard.
1: Standard, yeah, standard, yeah. of course. All uh, that jazz, tr- true that. All that jazz, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, don't know
0: where that's from. It is what it is. Yeah, he's a, he is a man of many catchphrases. So write a few down and tick them off as we go through each pod because it, they're almost invariably they all feature it at one point or another, and that's why we love you, Ross. Um, something you probably don't really love, boys, is is the, is the idea of going to Burton this weekend. Um, obviously. <laughs> they've just lost to the second bottom team. They scraped by Burton at Portman Road uh, in the in the game previously. They really, 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 really need the result. Um, is it, is it... We don't... I mean, obviously, a lot of people say if they lose to Burton, Lambert has got to go. But that's just not the case, is it? As we understand it, that's not what's likely to happen.
1: I wouldn't go as far out as saying it's completely impossible. Um... Who, kn- who knows? Um, how many times do you see people get um, shows of support from from an owner publicly, and uh, things change within within days? Marcus Evans is not whatever anyone might think's got his head completely in the sand. Um, he will be aware of people say, "Oh, he won't be aware of the mood on social media and, and things like that." He will have been left in various heads of departments at the club will be feeding back. The mood, which is you cannot ignore uh, at the moment, that's currently out there. So, um, as we've said before, the the excuses are are gone now. Once these players are back, and maybe there'll be a little bit of leeway to say that these these players need a few days games to get up to speed. But um, yeah, nothing. No, the, nothing to hide behind now i don't think from this point going forwards okay yeah. let me put
0: it, let me put it a different way the press conference tomorrow morning someone is bound to ask paul lambert if it's a must win game is this a must win game Hutchie? for paul lambert i think it is yeah it, whether that relates to his job
2: his job status is a completely different argument but paul lambert needs to win this game of course he does that if that question is asked the answer will be that they're all must win games. You try and win every game. We know that. But going away to bottom of the league, having just lost to twenty-third in the league, for Paul Lambert, it's a must-win game. You can't lose to twenty-third and twenty-fourth in the league in consecutive weeks. Mm. It, it's a must-win game and it's not a it's not a nice game either. There's obviously they squeaked by Burton in December. Um they're now managed by Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. This is a, a team that's that's changed their manager since then, and he got off to a winning start at the weekend. They won, won one nil at Gillingham. They'd lost every game between between losing it at at Ipswich and that game. They'd lost five and in a row. As well, hadn't
1: they? Yeah,
2: yeah. I was going to say you go back, you go back through it. In the four games since then, they've conceded sixteen goals in four
1: games. Three hmm. one um, at home to Doncaster, yeah. five, thrashed five one at Lincoln. They lost four three at home to Wigan, and then Oxford put five past them at Burton five one. That's seventeen and, goals actually. Yeah, and then and then a, and then they get the new manager bounce with Hasselbank returning to to a club he's managed before, and by all accounts played very well first half at Gillingham, um, and then perhaps rode their luck a little bit in the second half as uh, as bodies tired, and um, I think there was a lot of blocks and tackles going in, and they kind of uh, nervily saw it out one nil. So. Uh, this is the proverbial banana skin for Ipswich who aren't in the, in the greatest of shape themselves at the moment.
0: I hate to say it, boys, and we're talking about um, the bottom of the table, League one side, Burton away, um, given Town's rich history and, and status. This is a game you can see them losing, isn't it, Ross?
1: Ross? Sorry. Take your
3: uh, time. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I had to just compose myself. Uh... Yeah, sadly, I can see this being a a very dull game and then Burton nick it at the end with a scrappy goal. Um, But then, other side of it, possibly a golf fest. Why not? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, why not?
0: (laughs) Good analysis. Um, Hutchie, we saw saw Flynn Downs and and James Norwood come back last week. Are they going to start this week, you think?
2: I'd be very surprised if Norwood didn't. Um, Downs was that bit further away. D- Downs playing ninety minutes, I, I can't necessarily see. I- it wouldn't surprise me if he did start, but Norwood b- would be the one that I would be. I'd be hanging my hat on to start because he made such a difference coming on at halftime. He 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 livened Judge up a bit. He he livened everybody up a bit, and I, I think. Unless he's picked up some kind of injury this week, I would I'd be really surprised if he didn't start this game. I I'd, I wouldn't be shocked to see Flynn start it either, but I think he's a bit more of a a bit more of a risk to go with from the start.
1: I, I think desperation might see both of them start, and I have really big fears about that because I don't think either of them were due to play forty five minutes last week. I think that was a that first half was so bad. We need to get these guys on. Um, and I just I can't help but fear that desperation again will see them start, and that that there might be a setback for for one of them at the very least. Um, so that that's a big concern. I, I can't imagine Edwards, Nolan Bishop no. will get chucked straight into a starting lineup, having only just returned to training on on Monday. Bench at best for them. Maybe you know an impact off the off the bench as Norwood and Downs did last weekend.
0: Is there an argument, Stu, for for switching stuff up formation wise? Um, yeah. Maybe starting with two up top. If you're going to start Norwood, maybe put Jackson alongside him. Or
1: yeah, it won't it won't happen though because we know now that that is very much non negotiable. We've seen it, but yeah. uh, we've seen enough, I think, of Jackson wide right to know that that that's not his forte. It just staggered me last weekend when it, it, things weren't going Ipswich's way you've got to be flexible. Yes, we all wanted to see an identity this season. Yes, we wanted to see a a philosophy and an end to the, the chopping and changing of systems and personnel. But there comes a time when things are getting a bit sticky that you just need to go to basics, look at what you've got available to you and work out the best way of getting the best out of those players that are available to you. And right now, jackson and norwood as a front two would be my sort of back to basics go to it worked last season i just don't understand why you wouldn't you wouldn't try that at this moment in time um that's that's the route i'd be looking at
0: what are you saying Hutchy? who would
2: you play presumably that would be in a four four two if you're going to do it and then you've got i think you've then got the trouble of the wide the wide areas um but yeah i probably i probably would be going to it you know you you know they can at least bring you some kind of threat in the final the final third you have got options wide i know it's not everybody's cup of tea but alan judge could could play wide in a four four two there's Dobra, obviously lancaster would come into a consideration there and, and the midfield two would probably be what Dazell and, and downs as the as the two in that situation i'm i'm not I'm not entirely. I'm not against going back to that four four two, back to basics. It would be a real, a real kind of climb down from Lambert to do that, and and a and a sign of feeling pressure a little bit, I think. Um, but as Stu says, it's it's hard to see it actually happening because they're they're so wedded to to this, and and that seemingly comes from from ownership down that it's wedded is wedded to this, and this is how it's going to work or or not.
0: Right well, then, boys. I hate to do this to you, but I've got to ask you for a prediction. Ross, I'm going to come to you first. You said it's it's going to be one nil. There's going to be loads of goals. I'm going to have to ask you to pick one of those two. What are you going to say? Uh,
3: depends if my boy Guion makes his return and come off the bench or even starts, but I don't know. Probably that won't, that won't happen. Uh, I know I said one nil defeat, but I'm, I'm going to go for a draw. It will, you know, it'll be a, yeah, one one.
0: One yeah. one. How
2: many boys have you got, Ross? How many, how many members of Ross's
3: boys are there? Or well, every, every single the Ross speaks, get. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: as soon as you speak to someone, they automatically become your boy. Are we your my boys? Boy,
3: we, yeah, you're my boys. You're my boys.
0: My, my boys. There's, of course, another one of Ross's catchphrases, is my boy, um, insert name. Uh, so I should just say, uh, before I come to Sue and Andy uh, for their predictions, I should say that both of them have got their head in their hands. When I ask the question... <laughs> Um, <laughs> boys, obviously we we would we, we bloody love a town win. We really need a town win. Andy, are we going to get a town win?
2: I don't know which which is my heart and which is my head. Um, I think it might be a draw, and I don't think that's good. I think it's I think it might be one one. I'm, I'm more, and then if I'm edging away from that, I'm going more towards a defeat than I am a win. I think. But I think it'll be a draw.
0: 1-1. One, one. So two votes for 1-1. One, one. Stewie, what are you saying?
1: I think the first thing I would acknowledge is that I think there will be quite a few town fans that, dare I say, might secretly be wanting them to lose because of the situation we find ourselves in with Lambert and there's a sense that Marcus has got his head in the in the sand and that if it takes some short-term pain to kind of Get the club going in the right direction again. I think some people would take that at the moment. And what a sad state of affairs that's in. If there is anybody out there that is wanting to see their own side lose at bottom of the table, that's that's really sad, isn't it? Um, I think they'll win. I think they'll win, and I, I just think because Burton have had so many goals scored against them, I think Burton will go. Burton will go ultra defensive. It sounded like it was very much a four-five-one back-to-basics, blocks, tackles, no-nonsense clearances. Slight fear that they'll be able to hit Ipswich on the counter-attack, which is a weakness. But I think as the game wears on, it will play into Ipswich's hands. They'll have some some of these players to step off the bench, and I think they'll find a way late on to get a 2-1 win. And then that's going to leave everybody wondering if it's really changed, ourselves included, whether it's really changed the narrative in, in any way, shape or form.
0: Is there anything that could happen at Burton which would change the narrative? I mean, in a highly unlikely scenario that Town go there and and beat them four or five, does that even change anything? Surely that doesn't make a a whole lot of difference against the, the bottom. Yeah, I,
1: I think, yeah. And it is to go there and win comprehensively four or five and, I don't know, Downs and Downs and Norwood both look really good and Edwards yeah. comes off the bench and, yeah. and looks like he did at the start of the season, I think that would go away to edging the narrative back in a different direction, certainly, but I think anything less than that sort of overwhelming positivity mm-hmm. um, would do little. You know, if it is a sort of a... Uh, hard-fought, edged single-goal victory. I don't think that does a huge amount, no.
0: Mm. OK, well, I'm going to predict a win because I like to try and remain positive and hopefully Norwood gets among the goals. And as you say, that that is a way at least of, of starting to change the narrative. We we shall see. Um, follow it with the boys. They'll be making the trip. Uh, obviously, Roscoe will be online after the game with the game day guys as well, getting reaction from fans uh, and Stu and Andy will be bringing you reaction from the ground as well. And um, boys is there anything else to, to mention before we, we take our leave no other business no other business all around well thank you once again for listening to us we know it's a tough time to be a town fan at the moment we are with you, we stand with you shall we say, um, and we will see what happens at Burton this weekend um, as ever please leave us a 5 star review on iTunes uh, because it helps us greatly visibility wise in the charts and follow us across all our social medias uh, Kings of Anger on YouTube, Twitter Instagram and Facebook Please, 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 let's have a better performance at the weekend. Let's have a town win and hopefully we can have the first happy Monday of the season when we speak again next week.
1: From true crime to football, Brexit to football. more great podcasts from
0: Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash archon.